Hey, good afternoon, guys. It is Jay Jones. We are on Ask Jay Live, episode number 13. Appreciate you guys coming and checking us out today. Um, today we have a topic that uh, it's a pretty serious topic today, guys. Uh, we're going to talk about why we don't support black-owned businesses. And uh, first and foremost, today is the first day of Black History Month, so uh, this is the month that... <laughs> Everybody else gives us to 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 really shine, but you know what we do? We do that twelve months a year, uh, three hundred sixty-five days every day, and that's something that we need to really focus on. Uh, and and this is so important to me because I talked about last week about the benefits of supporting and building black-owned businesses to our economy. And one of the biggest things is, guys, that in order to create jobs and to create wealth we need to build our own businesses. And so just to give you a little uh, background, if you didn't come to last week's show, uh, most people who have businesses, are they tend to hire people that they're comfortable with, which means that people that are similar to them. So if you go into uh, a Chinese deli, you're probably going to find mostly Chinese people, people working there. If you go to an Indian uh, supermarket, you're going to find Indian people working there. And so not only does it help circulate dollars in our community, but what it does is it helps gives employment opportunities to people that may not get or have an opportunity to get employment. Now, today, I want to talk about this for a couple of minutes, and I definitely want some dialogue with the audience. If you guys have any questions about this or comments about this, or you have any entrepreneurial questions about your business, my business, or entrepreneurship in general. So after I finish this this quick dialogue, um, if you want to speak, guys, you hit the phone icon on the bottom right to join the caller queue. And then when you come in, you can hit the mic uh, to unmute yourself to speak. But I, I saw this article, and this is where today's show comes from. I saw an article in Odyssey magazine, and it says four reasons black people don't actually support black businesses. And I'm just going to go over these reasons real quick. And I want to get some feedback, too. Number one was black businesses can sometimes be hard to find. So they're saying in some areas, um, this is an understatement and it's hard to find black owned businesses. So my answer to that is pretty much that we have a whole plethora of platforms and sites. For example, the two I created, HireBlackFreelancers.com and BeSmartByBlack.com. And one of the things that I always talk about is e-commerce. So most people have shopped on Amazon before or Walmart or Target or whatever online and purchased things online. So with all of these directories that are available to us, there should be literally no excuse not to be able to purchase from black-owned businesses. And the statistic that I always talk about is that only two cents out of every dollar that black people have is spent on black owned businesses, which is ridiculous. So just imagine what type of impact we could have if we increase that from two cents, even to 20 cents, the, the more profitable businesses would be meaning that they may have to hire more people, which is going to help our community. So number one, they talk about black businesses can sometimes be hard to find and, I, you know, I, I'm not even going to buy that one, to be quite honest with you. All right. So, <laughs> I mean, we can find them if we want to. And so when you have this technology in your hand and you have all of these platforms, 
So the, uh, the U.S. Black Business Association, they have a platform. There's tons of platforms out there to find black-owned businesses. So we definitely don't want to sleep on that and make sure that we do a concerted effort to be able to support black-owned businesses. The second thing they said in the article was, when you do find them, they're closed during the hours. Their door clearly states that they're supposed to be open. And, man, this is something that I'm reading from this. This is something I've seen time and time again, and I know we've all been there. You go to your late local black-owned furniture store at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday afternoon and attempt to push open the door, and you find it locked. So, to me, that's a lot of BS because I want everybody that's listening to this to give the same type of critique to other ethnic businesses outside of black-owned businesses that you give that same critique and that same energy to black-owned businesses. All right, so yes, sometimes that does happen, but does it happen any more than any other ethnicity? And I think what the major problem or issue is, is we've been conditioned, number one, to dislike ourselves. Since slavery, through the media, through propaganda, the whole nine. We've been conditioned that everything that we have is inferior. Black is negative. White is positive. Everything that we do and we have is inferior. But it's so funny if that was the case. Why is everybody stealing from our culture? So we're the only ones that are falling for this nonsense. Uh, I, I just mentioned an Indian uh, deli or grocery store. Good buddy of mine loves to cook. So he likes to go get his spices from this Indian store, this Indian supermarket. So I meet him over there the other day. We were chatting it up, and we were going to go grab a beer afterwards. I said, man, I'll just meet you over there because I'm right there. And um, in the store, literally everybody that worked there was Indian. And 90, I'd say 90% of the shoppers that were in there were Indian, supporting their own businesses. But guess who else I saw in there, right? (laughs) I saw... Black folk, I saw white folk, but the predominant uh, uh, type of person that was in there were, were Indian people. They can thrive in their own community. Anything else to them that they get is gravy because they support their own businesses and they're not as critical as we are when it comes to black owned businesses because we've unfortunately been trained to think that way. So number two, when you do find them, they're closed during the hours. Their doors clearly state that they're supposed to be open. To me, that's garbage, too. Like I said, keep that same energy and critique when you're critiquing other businesses. Number three in this article, and it's in uh, odyssey.com, lack of professionalism. This feeds into the last point. I have heard many reasons from black folk as to why they don't support black businesses very often. Most, if not all of them, want to but find, uh, find it a headache. I've heard every complaint from they're never open to they're always late and they have a bad attitude. So number three is lack of professionalism. Now, you can find lack of professionalism in any business. And I'll give you a perfect example. I was going through and I I, I shouldn't be eating here because I don't even really like the food. But I was out late one night and I was going to a Wendy's restaurant and I pull up to the drive through. And instead of saying hello, the person said, yeah. Now I'm thinking, yeah. I said, yeah, what? (laughs) And they said, may I help you? I'm like, oh, okay. I said, you are in the service industry, right? Oh, I'm sorry. I ain't even trying to hear that. But it was a white girl 
And it was a Wendy's restaurant that I'm pretty sure wasn't owned by a black uh, company. Lack of professionalism. When you go into, and I just read an article about a, uh, a black woman that was in a hair care store. I forgot what city it was in. And they were following, the Korean store owners were following her around. Is that professional? No. But once again, everything that's been implanted in us through media, through propaganda, through socialization, has made it seem that we are less professional. That's why I'm sure everybody on here's parents have talked about or told you, hey, you got to be twice as good, you know, to compete because the deck is stacked against you. We're behind the eight ball from day one. And so lack of professionalism. And I know as a black entrepreneur, even when I had my mortgage business or any business that I had, that was paramount to me. The number one, we're going to be super professional because I'm not even trying to hear that nonsense. So when I owned my mortgage business, you had a light, lot of white mortgage companies. You know, we all were making money. Their employees were coming in in shorts, flip-flops, T-shirts, and they're doing millions of dollars in business. But when you came into our office, we all suit, tie, everybody was dressed professional. And one of my employees asked me, one of my loan officers, he said, man, Jay, why, why we got to do all of this? I said, we're in the money business. Right, we have to look like money. We have to smell like money. We have to we have to embrace that because you can't go into somebody's home and do an eight hundred thousand dollar loan wearing flip flops and a T-shirt. They're not going to accept you. The first thing that they're going to say to you is you're not professional. OK, I told one brother he had he had dreadlocks and I told him you can keep your locks if you want. I said but what I'm going to tell you is when you're dealing with a lot of these, these white folks that have a lot of money, I said that may be an issue for you. So he kept the locks. He did all right, though. But one of the things is if we're in the, especially certain professions, like if we're in the money business or we're in a front-facing profession, we have to show and prove. And that's something that, that I always believe, but I don't believe like they have in an article that we lack professionalism. I don't believe that at all. And number four, and if you guys want to comment, I'd love to hear some comments and some feedback. Uh, once I finish, hit the phone icon on the bottom right to join the caller queue. Then when I bring you up, hit the mic to unmute yourself to speak. And number four is something um, they talk about cost. And so in the article is saying that black businesses that sell goods are sometimes more expensive reason being is it's the cost of the products when you buy in bulk obviously and if you're buying through a co-op you can buy more meaning your price is probably going to be a little bit lower than the individual black guy who owns the store by himself 
and he can't buy in bulk because he's not in the co-op. And so you think that the brother is trying to take advantage of you and that the Asian store, oh, they're good folk. That has nothing to do with the business. What basically is going on is that, number one, is the cost of goods that it costs for the brother to get this because he's not in a co-op. And that's why I always talk about collaboration, cooperatives, working together. So if you have 88 barbershops in a 12-block radius in Philly, right? I, I ain't going to lie. And, and I counted this one day. Um, there were 14 barbershops literally in a 10-block radius, 10, 10 blocks long and four blocks wide, so 40 square blocks. But they were like 12 barbershops. And I always wondered, are they buying collaboratively? So you're buying the same type of, you know, materials, uh, the sea breeze for your head. You're buying the razors. You're buying everything. Are you working as a cooperative? I think one of the things that that uh, racism, systemic racism and slavery has done, and they always talk about crabs in the barrel. So instead of working with my brother, and brother uh, Belvin, I'm going to get to you in a second, brother. Instead of working with my brothers, then we're working individually thinking that I got to get mine. When in reality is there's enough business for everybody. You know, when I had my mortgage business, I had people and I was straight up with them. I know you're not going to be here the rest of your life. You know, this is a stop for you. It's a season. And I get that. If you ever want to start your own mortgage business, you know, just let me know. I'm not going to fire you or nothing like that. I'm actually going to help you. I'm going to show you how to do it. You know, because if somebody comes to me, a man or a woman comes to me and says, hey, man, there's a better way for me to take care of my family. I'm never going to stand in the way of that. But I knew even though you work for me now, as long as you're not stealing my customers or whatever, that's cool. But I understood that there was enough business out there that everybody could eat. And I think when it comes to costs, uh, we have to understand, especially when it comes to a physical products type business, what are your costs of your products or services that you're selling? And if we're not in a collaborative or cooperative, like a lot of these other ethnicities and buy together, then we're not going to be able to price our products at that same level. So this article really caught, uh, caught my attention and uh, it's some of the things that we've been hearing about our people for years. But once again, it's propaganda. It's propaganda. And we, we definitely have to start uh, focusing on erasing all of this nonsense right here. So once again, number one, black businesses are hard to find yeah, wrong. Number two, when you find them, they're closed during the hours. They're supposed to be open no more so than any other business. Number three, they lack professionalism, which is wrong. And number four, cost. That may be true, but understand and recognize why that cost may be a little higher. And then if you do come across that, ask the owner, hey, you ever think about joining a, a, a cooperative, a buying co-op? Because every other ethnicity has got it. Chinatown's got it. Uh, the Indians have it. The Latinos do it. Everybody but us. And I think that comes from, unfortunately, the systemic racism and everybody trying to fight, uh, you know, like the crabs in the barrel. But I'm going to bring Brother Belvin up real quick. So um, anybody else that wants to talk, hit the phone icon on the bottom right to join the caller queue and then hit the mic to unmute. Brother Belvin, you are on, my man. If uh, you can hit your unmute button. Hey, how you doing, brother? I'm good, bro. How are you? 
Happy Black History Month. <laughs> you too, my brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I, you know, of course, I'm in the travel industry, and I kind of see this, and it's mm-hmm. not even a U.S. thing, man. Sometimes it's really? a global thing, and, it, and, it, and it's scary. So wow. let me just take you a, a trip. Um, okay. I went to Ghana, and mm-hmm. uh, I went to Ghana, and the thing that got me most is, you know, um, not only were the judges and stuff were still wearing the, the white people's uh, wigs, what? Yeah. Are you and, serious? And the uh, the white Jesus everywhere. Damn. Uh, and you know, it's a it's a thing of where we have that self hate is global. But you got to understand is a lot of these people were a lot of these countries, even though we see them as free, especially in Africa, they were colonized imperialism. Right. right. And they and they were under rule and. And it's and it's kind of even even though they got their freedom, like God got got their freedom in 1957, right? Uh, you still look at it how it still has effects on them, and it's 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 wild. And I remember you were just talking about self image with the mm-hmm. brother dreadlock. So I got a my dad. <laughs> I never forget. I'm in Atlanta, and when Stacey Abrams was first running, he was talking about you know. My dad at school, you know how it is. Right, right. You already Yep, I already know. So he's like, you know, he, he was born in the South and you know, segregation and all that. He's like, Yeah, right. they ain't gonna they ain't gonna they ain't gonna vote that black woman in with the <laughs> That's the first thing he said. And you know, I had to get you know, I had to talk to him like, but you would y'all will but the white boy with his spiked hair. Right. Which they made common now. Yep. I mean, where they spraying and they putting spikes in their hair, it's common now. It's common. But now, yep. but y'all, but you know, that's the that's the self image that their their hairstyle is is better than yours because they, you know, he got spiked hair. It doesn't matter how how you put it in, you know, put it each way. But exactly. that's acceptable, and we have to you know change that self image. I'm glad the black women are standing up, especially in corporate America. Most where, definitely. You know, they you, you don't have to have a per. How in the hell is braids unprofessional? Right. But, right. you know, but in the white woman puts um, 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 extensions in her hair, too. Exactly. Don't, everybody's not Crystal Gale. Right. But don't know the old school. But, yeah. <laughs> Look her up, Google her if you don't know her. But, right. yeah, I mean, but I just wanted to, you know, put that out there, man. I, I mean, I, you know, I love what you're doing. Appreciate um, that, You brother. know, we have to support, support black business. I like what you said, too, last week. Man, if you, anybody on here... And if we are friends or are contacted on social media, we may not need your service per, na- per right now, but right. the least we can do is like and comment because that helps everybody else out. Exactly. So, um, with share, that, your, man, share your business, man, uh, while you're oh, okay. here. Yeah. Yeah. My business is Showtime Travel. So what I do is I design luxury vacations for busy professionals. So all they have to do is show up. You can visit my website, uh, ShowtimeTravel.com. Um, and click on the blog and podcast link on there. Uh, I just put a podcast up on my trip to Ghana. Uh, went with a few friends. I'm also going to be putting videos up uh, regarding uh, my travels through Africa. So um, because I want people, I we all got family. I have families. <laughs> what you doing going to Africa? I just show because they've been programmed to think that it's, right. it's nothing but huts there. And I showed my, you know, I showed my old school uncle. He fought in the Korean War, so he, 80, okay. you know, eighty something. Years. And I showed him. I'm like, I just showed him a picture. He's like, 
where's that at? I said, that's in Africa. <laughs> They've been programmed so much oh. that they feel that it's not. I mean, it is such. I mean, some of the richest black people are in Nigeria. You, you ain't lying. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, people better wake up, man. Wake that, up. So, that's uh, crazy, bro. Yeah. So let me ask you. Let me ask you a question, man. Um, now, in the travel space, when you're working with all of these uh, locations and destination places. Um, do you find, uh, how do they treat you? Like if you're dealing with a place in Europe or somewhere in terms of you being the owner of Showtime Travel, do you find any difference or do you see anything? Well, I see, I see a difference and I had to point this out, especially during the pandemic time is how they, how they don't market to black people. If you see brochures and stuff like that out there and you'll see, um, uh, you, you won't see any diversity on there. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I had to talk to them business to business, because if you do a Google uh, search right now on black travel, mm-hmm. we were sixty three billion dollars in black American travel that Damn. we spent on travel, a hundred and nine billion in 2019. Mm. And I had to put them numbers up to say, and now I'm getting um, tr- uh, luxury travel suppliers to actually put us in our brochures. In fact, I was up. talking to a sister and um, and I won't name the travel supplier. But she was, you know, she was working in the marketing department. And she was director of marketing. And when she put some black people on there, hell, if the white people was acting like they weren't going to go on this, you know, on the service. Wow. Because they have black people in the brochure. So it is, it is crazy. But when I put them, but it's, it's still a business. Right. When I put right. them numbers out there, they knew that they was missing out on that business. Mm-hmm. And they have to keep that business up to keep their job. So exactly. I'm opening up new opportunities. The only thing that, I'll say this thing, man. If y'all, it's it's a commercial, all inclusive resort that only ones that you will see on the commercial. Okay. And you probably wouldn't know who they are. Sandals. Uh, it it could be very. Oh. Could be. <laughs> so if you see this particular one, which has helped out the Caribbean community at length, giving people mm-hmm. jobs, giving people inspiration, and everything. Right. But when I see them videos and I see black men with with uh with the the butler outfits on with white gloves yeah. and all they are I don't mind you even having that, but all right. they're attending to is white women. Like right. black people don't go there too. Like everybody exactly. else. What type of perception does yeah. that have? Yes. Yeah. Man, I gotta uh, ask you, you ever been to uh Thailand? Yeah. I was in Bangkok. You in Bangkok. All right. I'm oh, yeah. I'm I'm doing some research on uh, for for this uh, podcast episode I'm doing, and I, since you're in travel, I just wanted to ask you this real quick. Uh, a brother who lives in Thailand, I think Pattaya, Pattaya, I think that's what it's pronounced, and he was just talking about how sometimes you would walk down the street and the people would actually hold their nose, like you smell, which is a sign, obviously, of disrespect. And he was just talking about how racism, you know, you think, you know, all right, it can't be as bad as it is here in the States. But he was just talking about how, you know, racism is prevalent everywhere. And um, you talked about colonialism, obviously, which reaches uh, tentacles are far and wide. Had, did you find any of that when you were in Thailand, man? When I was in Thailand, no, I did not see that. Oh, okay. Se, but I know it's, it's still something out there. Now, you have to understand the Asian community, uh, in some places, especially in China, they they don't even like to get 
dark. They right. shade. They they try. They lighten their skin, and they're yeah. not even dark anyway. Exactly. So they, and um, you you got to understand. Biden just said, uh, signed this Asian hate bill right away. But if mm-hmm. you just Google one thing, you had some black uh, black uh, um, basketball players probably mm-hmm. two weeks ago just got off a bus, and the whole thing, all, all the people in China singing nigger, mm. screaming nigger at. Google what? it. Just oh, Google it. It's man. a video. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's it's pockets out there because they, um, you know, they they feed off of people. You know, sometimes people think white is right, right, it, right. And, and even the minorities who are the Asian, well, some. You know, I'm not generalizing, but some right would think of that nature. And um, and they and and it's a it's a thing. It's a, like, it's a step it's, up. It's a step they, up. Yeah, if they dating a white person, it's a step up. Don't let my old man talk about that. But, um, but, uh, but another thing too is, man, um, you you look at it, but on the same thing, you will if you go to Asia and everything. I get this more than anything. Mm-hmm. Who who are you? Who can I take a picture with you? Can I? They do, think- oh man, everybody is Beyonce or Denzel or Michael Jordan. <laughs> You don't even look like Michael Jordan, but that's wow. the way they think. The only you are either a celebrity or right. you're a prince. You wow. do nothing in between, and wow. they can't fathom that. You know, you got a regular job and you can make money and do it. And, oh no, black people are only the yeah. extreme. Jay Z, Beyonce, are you the criminal? Right. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's all propaganda, man. I I was watching um a documentary last night. I don't know if anybody ever seen Hidden Colors, uh, Tariq Nasheed. He had it's like five parts out there. Great documentaries, but I was watching one where they even um, and and I don't use the word, but I'm going to use it now. Uh, they were talking about how they uh, the word nigger. They had like nigger head cheese, nigger nigger head tea, like teas or tea when you play golf, and they were just talking right. about the propaganda. And this stuff, they even said in South Africa, there's some toothpaste called Blackie or something toothpaste. And it's so crazy because that propaganda and that that systemic racism that's been permeated through, you know, this country and out through the world for hundreds of years, that stigma still holds true. And it's unfortunate because it even affects us. That's what this whole show episode is about. You know, oh, yeah. these black businesses aren't up to par, you know. And like I said, man, just bring that same heat and critique when you're critiquing somebody else's restaurant or somebody else's store. I know you down south, right? You you, you got Waffle House down there, right? Yeah, Waffle yeah. House is the dirt. Now, I ain't going to lie. I go there sometimes when I'm traveling. But Waffle yeah. House is the dirtiest ass restaurant chain I've ever seen. You be slipping and sliding on the floor with the grease. The grease and yeah. But, but guess that's what? They, that's their persona. That's, right. I mean, that's their persona. I mean, they they know but they're if dirty a, and everything. But think but, about it. If it was a black-owned chain, right? Come oh, on. What would they would have said? Oh, oh, man, y'all, you know, you can't keep the floors clean. It's typical with your black-owned business. So that's the, that's the, 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 the dichotomy of it all. You yeah. know, I it's crazy, man, and we got to get away from that. And the only way we can do that, man, is is by not falling into this this nonsense that that's been out there for years. So we gotta we gotta make some changes, man. So um, anybody, if you want to, I'd love to hear your comments. Just hit the phone icon on the bottom right to join the caller queue, and I'll bring you up. But I'd love to hear your comments or questions, man. Um, 
Yeah, bro. But I appreciate you sharing, man. You got anything else? No, man. I mean, appreciate all you do, man. And uh, and uh, thank you, bro. You know, I just had to jump on, man. I'm gonna have to leave real quick. Okay. But man, thank you. Thanks again for even bringing up this topic. Yeah, brother. I figured it's a good day, first day of Black History Month. Let's get something serious on the on the table here and see what we can do. Well, I have to have to give a shout out to Carter G. Woodson, uh, brother of Omega Sci Fi Fraternity Incorporated, who's the first one to start this. They only gave him a week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a month, so exactly. And, and, and they gave us the shortest day. Uh, yeah. So we, had to, we had to negotiate something. Yeah, we got, we got, we got it, but that's, and you know what, man, we got to make sure we do this all day, all, every day, 365, you know, 52 weeks a year and make right. it a concerted effort to support and, and build these businesses, man. Appreciate right. you, family. All right. See you later. Okay, bro. All right. All right. So we wide open, guys. Anybody else have any questions, comments? Uh, I'd love to hear what your comments are. Why don't we support black owned businesses? Uh, and I just read an article from Odyssey magazine that just chronicled four reasons why, unfortunately, um, you know, black or what what people think or the perceptions of black owned businesses are. Uh, one of the things is also, guys, and I mentioned this last week, if you were on the show, but in terms of black owned businesses, Belvin just mentioned this. If you see anybody, you know, black owned business, if 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 I see any of Belvin's posts. You know, I'm going to like the post. I don't care if it's on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook or whatever, because I know he's putting out quality content. And so when you see black owned businesses while you're scrolling through the gram or whatever or Twitter, make sure you support because that that helps you get traction on there. And that's the least we can do. So if you have any type of connection or affiliation with any of the businesses and stuff that you see online or you like something that's positive, make sure you do you support and hit that, you know, like button or whatever to help get additional traction uh, with that. Um, I wanted to find, well, I don't know if anybody, anybody else have any questions, comments? I'd love to hear some comments, what your thoughts are. If not, I got it. You might be in a situation where you can't talk. But um, the the biggest thing that I think we need to do, guys, is be uh, concerted, uh, make a conscious effort to do what we've been talking about. Uh, once again, we get 28 days, the shortest month for Black uh, Black History Month, but we need to focus on black history all the time, and we need to take a page out of everybody else's book, Every Other Ethnicity. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's crazy because we couldn't do the black rights movement. It had to be the civil rights movement. Everything that we do gets watered down so it'll be acceptable, quote-unquote, to, to white folks and, and other ethnicities. But we have to be unapologetically black. That's why the podcast is Black Entrepreneur Blueprint. It's for us, by us. It talks about things that are intrinsic to us as entrepreneurs and, and people, obviously. And so because you can't separate the business from the people. And I think we just have to make a concerted effort to really not just, yeah, I know I got to support black owned businesses, but dig in your pocket and actually support black owned businesses. Don't think about it be about it. you know so like i said when we go shopping online man go online you see something you like man maybe i can get this from a black owned store or maybe i can find something that i like that's a black owned product and all we have to do is if we keep increasing moving from two cents out of every dollar that we spend to 20 cents you know it's it's almost it needs to be in eight 
and I understand that it's hard to find certain things. So you're going around in your day, you need to get gas in your car. It's probably going to be tough to find a black-owned gas station right now. I get that. But the things that you can focus on, so when I go to the supermarket, there's certain products that I buy I know that are black-owned. One of my favorite uh, fish and chicken seasonings is called Lefties, and they're based out of somewhere in Maryland. And I happened to buy them on, uh, as a whim one day, and I'm like, damn, and my wife, she, she's not listening, but she's not the greatest cook. <laughs> but even her fried chicken with lefty seasoning was banging, right? And so I, I know there was a brother on the package, and before I bought it, I said, man, let me look this thing up. I went to the website, and I found out it was a family-owned seafood restaurant or a restaurant that did seafood and chicken. And I said, man, every time I go to Walmart or wherever I'm shopping, I'm buying lefty seasoning because I know that money is going to that, that corporation that's owned by that family. And so that's what we need to do. We find products that we like black owned, keep buying them. I think most people have habits of going to the supermarket. Like my mom, I can go to the supermarket for her without her telling me anything. Cause I know exactly what she normally gets. And so if we can make this a, a, a natural thing or a habit, you know, so uh, Glory, which is, I think, I don't know if they got bought out, but Glory uh, Green Beans and all that stuff. I think that was a, a Latino. It might be a black-owned. It was a black-owned company. I think they got sold. But I would always buy Glory stuff. I always bought lefties. So if you can start even just incorporating that process into your daily shopping, that's something that can help, you know, support black-owned businesses. You know, I got this hot sauce line. I'm coming out with a spice and a seasoning line that I'm trying to get in the retail locations right now. And the reason I'm doing that is it's because people buy the things that they like and they usually buy them over and over and over and over again. And so if you can focus on that and make an effort to do that, guys, we can help these black-owned businesses. And I know it's not going to personally help you per se, but it's all about community. It's all about us working collectively, collaborating. And so if I can help, if I'm going to spend the money anyway, right, I'd rather spend it with somebody that I know is like me, just like every other ethnicity does. I can tell you right now that the example I gave you with the, the black corner store selling the wrap snacks for 15, 20 cents higher than the Asian store, if, the, if it was reversed, and the Asian store was selling wrap stacks higher than the black store. And the, the Asian community was there. The Asian community doesn't care what the price is. They're going to go support that business. But what we do is, oh, we're not going to go to Jay's store. He, he trying to get us. Let me go save 15 cents and go to the, to the Chinese deli and buy the wrap snacks. Because our focus isn't on the long term or the long game. It's always about us and what's going to benefit me right now as opposed to let's look at a collective and what's going to benefit the collective. And granted, if it's a big 15 cent ain't going to kill you, but I, I get it. If it's $15, $150, I understand that. But if it's not a big difference and you understand why the prices may be a little higher over here, go ahead, man, suck that thing up. Cause I guarantee you, you're going to spend that money anyway with somebody else that probably isn't black. So, that's what I wanted to focus on today, guys. Uh, why don't we support black-owned businesses? Uh, that article that I read was, uh, 
was really the impetus for today's show. And it just talked about some of the, the biases that have been basically ingrained in us as a people, which is unfortunate. And that's something that we need to get away from. And, and when I saw it, man, the biggest one that always got me out of these four was uh, lack of professionalism, which was number three. And they're never open on time, number two because you hear that all the time and also the inferiority or the quality of the products or services. Right. So you don't say that when you go to the, to the dollar store, all of that crap in the dollar store is made in China. Right. But do you go in there and say that when you go and get a spatula, this literally happened to me about two weeks ago. I I was in there and I bought a a cheap uh, dollar spatula and I had a whole bunch of potatoes. I was making potatoes, um, uh, for this get together I was having and I'm flipping the potatoes around the freaking spatula broke. Right. And, and my wife is cracking up and I was like, yeah, that damn dollar store. But guess what? I understood where it came from and what it was. I didn't so say, Oh man, I'm a boycott that store. They sell inferior stuff. I think a lot of times we have, um, and I'll, I'll say people like Candace Owens, you got other people that just want to pat on the head from white folks for being a contrarian, you know, and not supporting your own. And I think anybody that, that has that mindset is sick. Okay. Because we're the creators and originators of damn near everything that we have right now. Science, technology, all of that stuff. Where did that come from? It came from us. And I think we have to start going back and understanding our, our, our worth. And, And I think one of the things that, affects us is is the media so be very careful what you put in your head what your kids put in their head garbage in means garbage out if you're watching stuff that has a negative impact or or, or depicts us negatively then that's all you're going to think about so belvin talked about you know traveling abroad you know i i've seen it myself i mentioned it last week i used to work with this white guy that never was really around black folk when i was in college we became good friends, and he was like, man, you, Jay, you, you're just like me. You like the same things I like. Yeah, I do. Guess what? <laughs> it ain't magic, but you're watching too much garbage on television, and that's what actually uh, affects people's their, their perception of people. And I'm going to close with this real quick, and I mentioned this last week. So the, the mad scientist Adolf Hitler, when he was rising to power, he understood propaganda. He understood media. He actually contracted out with a radio factory in Berlin to give away free radios in, in Germany and surrounding countries so he could spiel his propaganda against the Jews. He understood the power of the media, the power of propaganda. What, what they've, they've dehumanized the Jews, just like they're dehumanizing black folks. So we getting killed all the time and people are more concerned if a puppy dies than a black man gets shot. You know, uh, Joyce DeGruy, uh, post-traumatic slave syndrome, talked about that. So if you walk by and you saw five people kicking a puppy to death, I guarantee you people would jump right in there and break it up. You walk down the street and there's, there's a couple guys kicking a black man damn near to death, people going to keep walking down the street. They've dehumanized us to the point that 
animals are more important. Their lives are more important than our lives. And that's all done through propaganda. So once again, garbage in means garbage out. And that's why I always talk about, and I'm going off tangent a little, but I just want to say this. So I always talk about the importance of black owned and controlled media to be able to offset what we see on TV. We got a Fox station here, Fox 29 in Philly. My wife and I always, we, we don't, we laugh, but it's not funny. If there's, if we're in the kitchen cooking, the TV is on and there's a crime. If it's a black person, they got their picture up, right? If, if they don't put the picture up, normally it's a white person. And we're like, damn, it's, it's almost like every time it's comical because that's what they want you to see. They don't want you to see a whole well-rounded perspective of, of black folk. Just like any other ethnicity, you got your, your good, your bad, you got your, your rich, your poor, you got everything in between. But the focus on us since slavery and institutionalized racism has been that we're inferior, we're not as smart, we're lazy, we're ignorant, and that has to change. And one of the ways we can change that is through building our own economic power base, and that's by building and supporting black-owned businesses. Guys, uh, any questions, um, I'm about to close on now. If you need want to say something real quick or comment on the, uh, on the show, hit the phone icon on the bottom right to join the caller queue. Uh, come on up. Uh, we got my man Mo. All right, let me bring you on, Mo. All right, hit that unmute button, bro. Uh, you hear me, Jay? Yeah, I got you, brother. What's happening, man? Love the topic, man. Love the topic. Appreciate uh, it. Me, me and my friends talk about this often. And, you know, I think it, for me, how I look at it personally and how I teach my children is that it starts with me supporting, reaching out and supporting African-American-owned businesses. You know That's it. I mean? it. It starts with me. And it's like, like, it's just a certain thing. Like, I tell, I tell not just my friends, but any African-American, any walk of life. If you're doing something productive mm-hmm. and it's productive and it's legal, I'm going to support <laughs> right. it. Right. Exactly. Legal. Gotta say legal. <laughs> Gotta say legal. That's it. If it's, if it's productive and it's legal, I'm going to support it. I don't That's care what it. it is. And I tell, um, I, I tell all everybody, my friends, anybody, yep. I'm going to pay the price that, it, that you charge. That's I don't it. Walk in, I don't walk into Walmart negotiating price. That's right. I don't walk into no other store negotiating price. I'm not going to negotiate with a small business owner. Exactly. If you have a small business, I'm going to support it. Whatever you say the price is, I'm going to support it at that price. And so, good a point. Big, a good thing, a big thing, a, a point of emphasis for me heading to this new year is at least once a month, I'm going to purchase some type of good, some type of service from a black owned uh, uh, business. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it, it, you got to put your money where your mouth is. Like, your actions got to reflect what you believe. That's so if it. you want to see more black-owned business, you have to support them. That's right. That's you know, right. Money, not, not with just, hey, good job. <laughs> actual money. You know what That's I'm saying? That's right. Like, it, it can't just be your mouth. So I just love this topic, man. And I, I, I think, again, it starts with me. But mm-hmm. I really wish the people that had the access and the resources would do more to facilitate that relationship. You know what right. I'm saying? So, but all I can control is me. That's and it. So how I support black business 
it, it, it's, it's just a snowball effect. If we do it more on an individual level, it'll make a more collective impact. Love exactly. the topic today, man. Keep doing your thing, Dan. I'm always listening to call in. My man, appreciate you, Mo. Okay. You know, I just want to uh, piggyback off of what Mo said real quick about black-owned businesses. So on, what day was it? Uh, we got the snowstorm on Saturday here. Yeah, it was Saturday, I believe. Friday night into Saturday. So a lot of the roads and everything was shut down. But there's this black uh, soul food place, right? And they texted me. And they were like, look, I know most businesses are closed, but we're open. Right. So that's the antithesis of what a lot of people think, because I ended up venturing out that day. I got a, I got a truck and uh, and a SUV. And so I just said, let me I had to go to the store and uh, uh, most of the stores were closed. But this brother, I know it's a brother and his wife that own this soul food place. They you know, I'm on the text list because I, I support their business. Yo, we open. We we do deliveries. Ba 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 ba. So. They're the antithesis of what people are. They're probably the norm. They are the norm, but it's the antithesis to what this article was about with um, black-owned businesses, man. But uh, like I say, guys, uh, two things I'm going to ask you to do. Number one, please continue to support and and shop with black-owned businesses. And something very simple I just talked about earlier, you see any of these businesses on online or whatever while you're scrolling, make sure you hit the like button and all of that stuff because, like Belvin said, all of that stuff helps you to get more traction. So uh, if we don't have any more questions, guys, we about to um, we about to close it up. Oh, also, I just want to let you guys know, uh, not this Monday, the next Monday, I think it's the 14th, uh, I got a real nice interview, a new couple. I want you all to check this show out. It's called 50-50 Flip. It's on A&E. And uh, Dedrick and Crystal, I forgot their last name, uh, brother and sister out of North Carolina have their own flipping property show. And uh, so I'm actually interviewing them tomorrow. But I I talked to them last week, and this show is going to be pretty cool. So definitely uh, check that out. It's going to be airing, dropping on the 14th of February. But the show is actually on A&E as of right now. I think it came out the 29th. It's called 50-50 Flip. So you can check those guys out, man. So it's going to be a good interview. I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. They're going to be talking about building wealth in real estate. And I know a couple of you guys uh, dabble in real estate. And um, so they, they buy a house and they put less than 50 grand into it. And then they flip and sometimes they buy and hold. But uh, they built their business up to several million dollars uh, since 2017 is when they started. So A&E, 50-50 Flip, check that out because they'll be on the show in about two weeks. All right, guys, about to get on out of here. Appreciate you guys. Love you. And uh, make sure you check out the podcast, the latest episode, which dropped on Monday. See you guys later. Peace.